Welcome to the Sound of Goshen, brought to you by the Goshen Chamber of Commerce and your community health system, Goshen Health. Get started on your own path to living vibrantly. The first step, Goshen Health. Visit livevibrantly.com. This week's podcast episode, Sounds Around Town. Welcome to the Sound of Goshen. I'm your host, Vince Turner. Today's episode is Sounds Around Town, featuring Marshall King, the author of the book, Disarmed radical life and legacy of Michael M.J. Sharp. It's brought to you in part by Everance. Ground your finances in values like care, hope, and sharing. Everance. Oh, Marshall, it's it's nice to have a follow-up opportunity. You know, when the book first launched, we were able to talk about the, the podcast here. And since then, um, do you know what town you're in right now? I'm in Goshen, Indiana, my hometown <laughs> and a place where MJ Sharp lived for part of his life. There so. you go. So, but this has taken you literally from Washington D.C. to Florida and and parts in between, and it's got to be encouraging the reaction to the book thus far. Yeah, it's been really remarkable. I mean, people are reading the book and engaging the story and responding in ways that are far more rich than I could have ever hoped. I mean, you put a, a work like this into the world and you you hope for good things. Mm-hmm. I mean, the response has been has been good. Um, <clears throat> there's been, I guess, less critique even than I expected. It's not like I'm inviting that, but you also want people to be able to say, "Hey, what about?" And 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 there have been a few of those questions, but but generally, it's been it's been really well received and it's been fun to do this. I think we probably should roll back just a little for people who didn't hear the original podcast, but. Just give us a little bit of a synopsis of the book uh, and the genesis of you writing the book. So in March, tw- in, in middle of March 2017, uh, a guy named Michael M.J. Sharp was working in the Democratic Republic of the Congo for the United Nations. Uh, he, had, he had Goshen ties, ties to other Mennonite communities, and he first went missing. And then um, as we're sitting here literally about five years ago today or, or five years ago yesterday, um, his body and that of, of the woman he was with that day, Zyda Catalan, were, were found. And then I started a process soon after that to write his story and write a book about him. And that came out officially in January. The first copies uh, came out in December. And um, so then I, since January 11th, um, or, or since early January, have really done about 30 events. Most of those are like church groups or service clubs or... Um, school classrooms, but there've been a few other events, a few larger events and a few signings. And, and it's, and it's been nice to get out and be able to tell people about the story and, and why, um, why there's a book about MJ. I think one of the things that has struck me the most Marshall from the things that have happened in, in, in your visits, um, especially some of the out of town visits is there is a very encouraging curiosity about the story. Yeah, I mean, we all we all value a good story. We all, um, you know, w- are looking for that interesting thing to read or that interesting thing to talk about. And this book has become um, one of those things for some people. Um, you know, it's it's Vince. You and I have had conversations about sales. Um, my estimates of how well this will sell are more moderate than yours. Thank you for that. But um, but you know, it's it's I, I want to be. I don't know if it's really like left the Mennonite sphere very much. I think it has a little bit. Um, I kind of hope for that as a next step. And, and I hope that 
you know, as many people read this as, as, as can. And so, um, but as I've done these events, the conversations with folks, the engagement with folks has just been remarkable. This sounds like a bit of an odd question, uh, but I've been at it enough book signings or, or book reviews to know that the question's appropriate. The people who have attended your book signings and in, in your opportunities to speak seem to the overwhelming majority have actually read the book. That's, that's not always a case. Yeah. I mean, I, in every instance, I try to kind of, well, how many of you have read it? How many of you hadn't? Mm -hmm. You know, I don't ask for a show of hands, but you can kind of tell, um, you know, if they're clutching a copy that has like dog-eared pages or, <laughs> or sticky notes sticking out of it, you kind of know they read the book. Um, but it's a mix. Um, but, the, but the number of folks who then come up afterwards and buy one has been pleasing as well. But I think it, um, yeah, people are clearly reading the story. And the other thing that, so when I started doing the research, I realized, you know, we're really interconnected. A lot of us knew him or knew this family or mm -hmm. knew, you know, places that he lived or things he had done. And that has continued as I've done these events in just about every instance. Somebody says, well, I was actually, you know, in the same place in Germany that he was and got there right after he did or, or just remarkable things like that. So we are we are connected. And this guy lived in a way that here in Goshen and otherwise he was known. And so people intersected with him. And I tell people as I speak, you know, you may have bought paint from him at Snyder Paints. You know, you may have seen him driving his Porsche through town. He may have tried to sell you a piece of software like this is what he did and part of how he was part of this community. Well, and I think that's an important thing as well, because you've always been very careful I mean, from the very outset, uh, not to paint a picture like you were best friends and this was, you know, something that happened to you personally, et cetera. I mean, you've been very humbly careful about that. But at the same time, I think you found out through the course of writing the book and then especially now in the reaction to the book, you knew him better than you thought you did. Yeah, I agree. And so did a lot of other people. But then people, none of us had the full picture um, necessarily, or few of us had the full picture. And so now there's a way in which people who, whether they knew him or not, there's a way for people to engage his story. And that's the cool part. What are the things that you think now that Michael or MJ, the impact that he's had on, on lies in terms of making people think about where we're at? I think... Well, I mean, some of the points that I hit are, you know, you can always listen. You can listen to people who are different than you. That was a big, a big thing for MJ. And I think in our world that continues to be an important thing and a thing and something that people are able to grasp. Um, I think this notion of what we know about each other and the lives we lead, you know, sometimes we know more than we think or less than we think, but, you know, we lead, we lead these lives and we aren't always aware of how they intersect with other people. And so now we can look at MJ following his death and go, wow, look at all the people who did intersect with him. Mm -hmm. Isn't that remarkable? Maybe all of us are having an impact on each other in ways we didn't imagine. Um, and I also think like MJ's story of undertaking this work in the world to make it a better place, even for people he, you know, both locally, but on the other side of the world is one. We don't have to go to the other side of the world to listen to our family, to be kind to our neighbor, you know, and to, to find ways that don't resort to violence. I mean, we're sitting here in the, as, as everybody is discussing a guy who slapped another guy on national television <laughs> yeah. 
and and used violence to respond to an insult to his wife. And, and I'm just like sitting here going, yep, here it is. We're talking about whether it was appropriate to use violence in response. Well, and, and on that in on that stage, if you will, on that Oscar stage in in the minor play and then the major play. I mean, I thought it was incredibly ironic. You know what's going on in Europe right now in the Ukraine yeah. um, under the auspices of what you've written and what MJ stood for just really gives you pause. It does. It does. And we we live in a complex, complicated world. And it's not that MJ or others like him have all the answers, but that there are things that we can learn um, about how to respond to a situation that don't resort to violence. And I think that's that's one of the that's one of the primary lessons. I think the other thing that I'm pleased with about the book is that People are reading it and learning about um, Mennonites or, or and, and they're realizing like, oh, Men I thought Mennonites were just this one thing. But it turns out they're not just this one thing. They're more complex. And, and so I'm happy that 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 people have been able to, to glean that from the book. How much self-examination have you done since the book has come out and you've done the tour? Uh, quite a bit. I mean, I. I I'm. I'm more comfortable in some ways with what I believe and being able to convey that to other people and not having to feel like I need to apologize for it. It's like, no, I don't have all the answers. This is complex. I don't know what we should say about Ukraine or what we should do in response to Ukraine necessarily. But I also know that, you know, the use of violence isn't something that I want to use to solve problems when I can help it. And so, um, there's been reflection. There's been, you know, you work to, you work to be gracious with folks and, um, and you also work to not, um, have too high expectations of other people. Like I know that not everyone's going to read this book. Mm -hmm. I know that not every, that, you know, in some cases people tear through it and in some cases it's harder for them to get through or it's on their nightstand and it's third on the list and that's okay. <laughs> or, you know, um, well, they're not going to buy it today. Maybe they'll go to Amazon and you learn to just kind of go, yep, it is what it is. It's all good. Rather than trying to keep the list in your head of who's done what. A couple of things that popped up for me in reading the book um, and, and maybe the most poignant for me, um, MJ knew this could happen. He did. He did. And, and that's what I think makes the story so worth telling is um, there's, a, there's a Swedish researcher who knew Zaida, the woman he was, MJ was killed with, who has written a book about the people who have exhibited civic courage. And that's where you're willing to put yourself on the line for others. And you occasionally hear the story of the person in the concentration camp who volunteered so that the father could be spared, you know, that kind of thing. And, um, and MJ and Zyder were willing to put themselves on the line for others, knowing that this could happen. And they aren't the only ones who have done that. And, but, you know, telling their story and why they believed that and, and felt comfortable doing that has tremendous power. The other aspect of that from and related to that for MJ is, you know, uh, he, he believed this could happen. I guess in some ways you could argue he believed it probably would happen at some time or another, but at least he knew he could, it could happen. The other thing was, is that there wasn't a difference and that's, we're not nominating him for sainthood, but there was not a difference between MJ doing what he did in terms of that, this kind of work and MJ standing behind the counter at Snyder paints or being in a restaurant eating with friends or whatever. This was the essence of who he was. Yeah, it is. It is. He, 
he loved a challenge. He he was good at assessing risk. He loved learning things, mm-hmm. and he loved um, trying to live fully and live fully engaged. And um, you know, anytime we can come across a story and even study a story a little bit about someone who wanted to live fully engaged, mm-hmm. like MJ did, um, we have things to learn from him. What are the co- most common questions you're getting now on on the tours? I was surprised at how little time it took for people to say, so are you going to do another book? <laughs> and I learned to kind of say, well, you know, go ahead and read this one first and mm-hmm. then we'll talk. But, um, but I think, um, people, you know, I, as I give presentations, I try not in with the book too, try not to get so mired in the details that you lose, you know, the thread of the story. And, um, the details matter, but it's that question of how much do we need to know about Mennonite history or the Congo or Congolese history or, um, you know, all those things, um, in order to, to understand, to read a story about this guy. And so, um, people ask clarifying questions about the UN. They ask clarifying questions. I mean, I've been struck by how many people have asked, is there a book written about Zyda? Mm. Like they want this Mm -hmm. almost like. Like, like she deserves a book too. Mm-hmm. And I say, I fully understood. And there is a book about her. If you want to read it, you probably need to know Swedish. <laughs> so, <laughs> Washington, D.C. Um, was, was there a difference in terms of the depth of the questions, the, the relationship of the questions, those kind of things, than some of the others you've seen, you know, make, like maybe around here? Uh, it, was a, it was one of those nights where people were engaged and asking good questions. Um, and, and it was a mix of some folks who knew him or some folks who knew the family or folks who knew me or just people who knew of the story. Mm-hmm. And that was one of those nights where, you know, you hope if you do a book event that, you know, I had somebody tell me I came to your book event in Virginia because my sister is a writer and I know that sometimes just three people show up. And so far it hasn't, hasn't quite been that, you know, in DC that night we had 20 or 25 folks. And it was one of those nights where I did a little bit of reading. I did a little bit of telling the story. I, I, we engaged in conversation and questions and I looked down at my watch and went, wow, we've been doing this for an hour. (laughs) Like it was, it was just a lovely conversation with folks. Um, and, and, and that was, that was a, that was a great night. Um, and it was like, oh, Valentine's day, Monday night, downtown DC and 20 or 25 people came out to talk about a book. Which is pretty good. That's great. Which is pretty good. And, and talk intelligently about the book as yeah. well. Yeah. And then, and then another audience I was curious about is, you know, you have some people who are longtime active in the faith and active in the movement uh, when you visited in Florida uh, in, in terms of, you know, because of the age and, you know, retired folks and people who have been involved, et cetera. How was the reception there and what were some of the questions they asked? So, so some friends in Florida, I mean, I, it, MJ didn't have strong ties to Sarasota, Florida, where I went, but some folks down there said, come down, do a book event, mm-hmm. talk at our church. Um, I went and I also did a signing at Dare Dutchman, uh, the, the equivalent of Das Dutchman Essenhouse, mm-hmm. owned by the same family on a Saturday morning. And I'm sitting there with a table with books as people are lined up to go into breakfast. And the, the conversations there were really interesting because these weren't people who came because of a book thing. They right. came to eat. And then here I am, you know, sitting there <laughs> with some books. And so those conversations were really interesting. But then that night, um, some friends had a reception at their home and invited a bunch of folks. And again, like there was a guy who had climbed Mount Kilimanjaro with MJ's dad. Um, There was a guy who had been in seminary with MJ's dad. 
and had hunted with his grandpa. And there were people who knew the family in ways that I didn't know. And so their questions were then really good. Um, People also ask a lot about this whole martyr hero question. Was he a martyr? Was he a hero? That's explored a little bit in the book. And I can explain why I don't call him a martyr. But it's interesting how um, how much people want to kind of tease out that question. And get a little debate about that as well. A little bit. I mean, nobody's nobody has so far like stood up and said, I he has to be. You have to call him a martyr. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, and again, we could go on for five minutes here and we won't. But but I mean, that question does come up a lot because there is this Mennonite tradition of folks who died for their faith. Mm-hmm. And was MJ one of those um, is a is a is a pertinent question. Um, but uh, but yeah, people are engaging the story in good ways. And another surprise, Vince, is the number of young people that are reading this book. I didn't think that I was writing a young adult book. And it turns out that a lot of young adults are reading this book, which is incredibly pleasing um, and heartening because that's that's what you hope that those kinds of people can read this story and go, wow. So this is what it looks like. Well, and, that's, look like. and that's just, just one man's opinion and a non-Mennonite man's opinion. But I think what this book also has an opportunity to do is rekindle that flame that has burned within the Mennonite faith yeah. for such a long time. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I don't, you know, I don't, MJ certainly didn't wave his Mennonite background around or wear it on his sleeve. I don't even know how much he called himself a Mennonite late in his life. But it's certainly the tradition out of which he came, and so um, talking about him in that context has is 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 important. Um, but he was just someone who just tried to live well, and that's mm-hmm. that's that's there for all of us to try to mimic. Well, it's you know to paraphrase an an, an often used phrase. Uh, you know, you can either preach it or you can live it, and yep. uh, not yeah. necessarily use the words. Marshall, one last question before we let you go. Um, I know. We've talked about this. We talked about it in the original podcast. This has never been about how many books are going to be sold, whether you're going to be a successful author or whatever. Your primary goal was to tell a story that you believe needed to be told. Did you accomplish that? Yeah. Yeah. And it's and it's good and hard and complicated and messy, um, like life. And yet um, to have written a, a, a work that people can sit down and spend a few hours reading and then think and then tell you, Oh man, I, a couple weeks later, I'm still thinking about that. Mm-hmm. Um, or even longer. I'm still thinking about that. Like that's, that's an amazing thing to have given some service and time to Marshall. Thank you. And thank you. And continued success. Hopefully the travels and the questions continue. Thanks. Vince. Sounds around town, a presentation of Everance and the Goshen chamber of commerce here on the sound of Goshen. I'm your host, Vince Turner.